I'm Christine Pittman, and this is Jump to Recipe, the show for busy people who love to cook. Let's jump in. It is definitely fall now, even down here in Florida. I'm feeling it. And next weekend is Canadian Thanksgiving, which when I lived up in Canada was probably my favorite weekend of the year. I still do sort of celebrate it down here in Florida, but it feels different when everybody around you isn't also doing the holiday. You know what I mean? I am going to do a little bit of turkey talk with you in a moment, though, because my guest today, Michael Prince from Two Bones Barbecue, is a pit master, and he has been cooking open pit barbecue since he was a kid, and then he became a trained chef, so this guy knows his stuff. But in our conversation, something really interesting came up about cooking turkey in pieces, and I have seen this trend here and there online, and I think if you are already planning your Thanksgiving dinner, whether it's next weekend in Canada or whether it's in November in the States, you're going to want to hear about cooking turkey in pieces. I'm going to tell you about that. Then I'm going to have my conversation with Michael Prince. And then I'm wrapping up the show with a five-day meal plan of really simple recipes. There is a little indoor barbecue in that meal plan. There's some great uses for leftovers. Really tasty. Not a lot of ingredients in this one, but, but they all come together in five delicious meals. So let's talk turkey pieces. Now, when I was talking with with Michael, I asked him a question and he ended up answering something about cooking turkey in pieces, the breast separate from the drumstick, separate from the wings. And as we're talking, I was thinking, you know, I have heard this recently. This is not the first time that I've heard this, but it is a pretty recent thing that I've been hearing about. And so I dug in and did some research and then me and my team did some testing and whoa, I am blown away by this. It is the best way to cook turkey. I'm not even kidding. So I will definitely link to this method in the show show notes. You can get this if you want to try it or just see how it works. You can get that in the show notes. But basically, I just want to tell you about like the pros, the reasons for doing this. So first, you can buy a whole turkey and then break it down yourself before cooking it. And then you get the carcass that doesn't have the meat to make your turkey stock for making gravy out of. Really, really delicious thing to do. You basically take the breasts off the carcass so that you have just the boneless breasts and you can wrap the skin back around them if you want to. And then you have your drumsticks taken off, wings taken off. So that is one thing you can do. Alternatively, you can make it even easier for yourself and buy boneless breasts and then also buy drumsticks and wings. They sell them separately, especially near Thanksgiving. You can find those in your meat department at your grocery store, no problem. And then the perk of that is you can get exactly the amount that you need. If your family is more of a breast meat family, you get more breast. If you guys are all about the dark meat, you get more dark meat. And you just get as much as you need for your group. If it's just four people, maybe one breast and a couple of drumsticks and you don't get any wings. You see what I mean? So there's that perk, which is amazing. But I'm sure you're already thinking about the other perks of this, right? So one of them is that we know breast meat cooks faster than dark meat, and it has a tendency to dry out by the time the dark meat is cooked. You can do that reverse sear technique that I talk about all the time with these pieces. What you would do is you would roast them all together, like the breasts on one pan, the dark meat pieces on another pan. When the breast reaches the temperature that you want, you take that out, tent it with foil. Then when those bone-in dark pieces get to their temperature, you take those out, let everything rest. Then when you're ready, 
crank the oven way up and put it all in there to crisp up the skin. It's going to be warm at the same time. It's going to have crispy skin. Everything's going to be cooked to the right temperature. It couldn't get more perfect than that. I think you're already probably convinced that this is something you need to try, but I have one more amazing perk from this, and that is if you want to brine or dry brine your turkey, that is usually a huge pain, right? You do like a big cooler with the brine in it so the turkey stays cold while it's brining, or if you're doing a dry brine in the fridge, I will link to both brining in the cooler, dry brining, and a delicious brine recipe. Oh my God. Sorry. I'm just going to, I'm just going to go on a little tangent here. I was looking up turkey brine recipes online and so many of them had you like boil water and then add herbs to it to infuse the water with herbs. And then you have to cool it down before you can actually put the turkey in it. It just seemed like a lot of steps, but I also know that if you just use cold water, it's not going to get the infused herb flavors, right? And then actually Dawn from my team had the brilliant idea of using the food processor. So cold water, fresh herbs, garlic and onion, smashed all up and pulverized in the food processor or blender. And then that is your brine. It gives so much flavor to everything in just that one easy step. So I will link to the brine recipe too. But if you are brining your turkey, dry brine or wet brine, it is a pain. That turkey is huge in your fridge. It takes up the whole thing. It is huge in a cooler. You've got to worry about it staying cold. If you've got turkey pieces, they take up way less space. This is something you can totally fit into your fridge. So that is the final perk I'm going to tell you about, about why you might want to roast turkey pieces instead of a whole turkey. I do know the big con for this is that you don't get to take that whole big turkey to the table and carve it in front of everybody, but not everybody does that. My family doesn't do that. I do more like a buffet style, so it's already carved when people come, so it's not a thing in my house. We will just eat turkey no matter how it is carved, no matter where it is carved. So if you're like us, you've got to give this a try. I'll put all those links that I talked about in the show notes for sure, or you can just head to cookthestory.com and search for turkey on there. All of this will show up. I have a quick favor to ask of you right now, and that is if you have made any recipes on either of my sites, Cook the Story or The Cookful, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a comment on those giving feedback to the recipe. And if you loved it, give it five stars. And there's a real reason for that. As you know, when you're searching for recipes online, when you're on Google and you search, all those different recipes show up. Some of them have those five-star ratings. You're all more likely to click on a recipe that has a lot of five-star ratings than one that doesn't. You know what I mean? And since my business thrives on traffic, it thrives on having visitors to the site. That is how we make money. That is how we keep bringing you more recipes tips, podcasts, all of it, it really helps to have those five stars. So if you have made a recipe from one of my sites and loved it, please go and give feedback and make sure to click that five star thing, not just the comment, but click the five star. That is what really helps. I'm going to say thank you in advance. I'm really grateful that you've taken the time to do that. And with that, I'm going to turn to my conversation with Michael Prince. He's an open pit barbecue expert. He's a trained chef. He's a caterer in Texas. He's also a stand-up comedian. He has Facebook Live videos showing us how to cook, how to do barbecue, and he makes us laugh. I think you're going to love this conversation. Let's talk to Chef Michael. Hey, Michael, how's it going? 
Going great. How are you doing, Christine? I am really great. And I'm so excited to talk with you. Now, people who've been listening to this show know that Emily Pastor is a dear friend of mine and an amazing cookbook author. And she was recently on Guys Grocery Games. And we had Heather Johnson on a couple weeks ago. She was also a contestant on the show that same day. And Mm -hmm. you were one of the contestants that day, too. How was that? It was absolutely after you gotta get over the starstruck thing with Guy and one one of your favorite superheroes and all that stuff. It was great. It was it was absolutely an amazing day. I mean, from start to finish, it was just like I did not know this is how they do this and oh, that's what that is. It's kind of like a a large bowl of of Easter eggs and you don't know which one to pick up first. Wow. <laughs> Just, just fun and exciting and like organized, I think, probably too, right? Very organized. I mean, from start to finish, I mean, you feel like you're, you're you're taping the show backwards, but you're actually taping it forward. And it's just the things that they have to do in between to make it look good for television. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was amazing. And what was Guy like? Did you get to meet him? He is like probably one of your best. And I don't drink a lot, but he's probably one of, like one of your best friends, one of your best drinking buddies. He's kind of like that friend that come over when you ain't expect him to come over. He just knock on the door. He's just like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds great. I, I'm I'm really glad you guys had a good experience. Now, this episode of this podcast is going live in October, but I know we're talking the day before the episode airs. So you guys have had to keep this all under wraps. You're not allowed to tell anybody what happened. Tomorrow, you finally get to say everything. Is that going to feel like a huge relief? It is like relief. You know, everybody want to know the same thing. Did you win? But it, 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 honestly, just making it on the show, you made it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's something that they go through a rigorous process of who to put on the show. And being able to be on the show right there, you already won. Mm-hmm. Everything else is just icing on the cake, the way I feel about it. Because it was amazing, an amazing learning adventure. It was an amazing time. Uh, the people that you get to meet, they're lifelong friends from that point on. You yeah, know? yeah. You guys have like a text chat thread you're like we do we do <laughs> we, 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 we send sales to each other and coupons and like, <laughs> i love it yeah you never expected that that was gonna happen right not at all oh not it's so all. so beautiful so now you got chosen for the show because you are an open pit barbecue expert award-winning I am. i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a i'm a culinary chef and pit master Wow. So um, it allowed me to to bring those two things together. But um, in this episode, without spoiling it, it's mm-hmm. called Cooking the Books. Mm-hmm. So we actually cooked from some of Guy's cookbooks, oh. and which was a really little bit, you know, they always throw that curveball in on you. Mm-hmm. So you all are going to be in for a treat. Uh, I know we were. We were in for a big treat because we thought it was just going to be like, hey, go get this and that and this. And I'm going to cook this and I'm going to throw this together. Yeah, no, it went like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was very different. Well, and, OK, now I need to know, like, you are super fun to talk to. You are a stand up comic as well. Did that get to come out in the I show? Am. <laughs> I get to do that all the time, especially um, I've toured the whole country. I've been on USO tours. I've been with Robin Williams. Wow. Um, I've been all over this world doing comedy in this country. I think the only state, honestly, that I have not performed in is my was Wyoming. And I perform on television and I've done HBO, I've done BET, I've done uh, Comedy Central. And my passion has always been cooking. And what people didn't realize is when, when COVID hit, there was no stand up to do. 
Mm. So I just started doing videos and cooking and I've always barbecued since I was like nine years old. So I just put them all together and um, attended culinary school in 2013 and graduated. And I wanted to know the business side of, of, of cooking and, and, and culinary arts. And when I found out that I was doing a lot of stuff wrong, it was like an eye open experience. But it was a great opportunity for me to meld those two things together, pit barbecue and just culinary cooking. Well, so that's fascinating. So you had all you already had experience doing pit barbecue from a young age, and then it right. married with the culinary experience. So can you talk about the background in pit barbecue that you have from before culinary school? Well, I I um I cooked with my grandfather. His uh his name was Tusum Prince. Everybody called him Tu T U and he had a a place called Two's Rib Shack. When everybody else, all the other grandkids wanted to go and play and run around the house, I wanted to be with my grandfather because I was like, how is this smelling this good from this fire? And I cooked my first whole hog at about nine years old. And I can remember it like it was yesterday. I was mopping the hog because I couldn't really reach the hog. So I would stand up on the side of the pit and I was mopping the hog with the mop and I slipped in and fell on the hog. Oh. I'm not kidding. I thought my granddad was going to be like, oh, my grandchild. Oh, Lord. He was like, if you don't get off of my hog. <laughs> he snatched me off the pit and he was like, are you OK? <laughs> I was like, I almost burned. <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was amazing. And um, I, I learned from there how to cook ribs and pulled pork and brisket and things like that in an open pit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember it was two's rib shack. People would come by. And back in those days, it was about putting your ribs in a brown paper bag and put your barbecue sauce in an old Dixie cup and put a piece of aluminum foil over it. And all of it go in the same bag. And that was it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was what that my job was to make sure that the barbecue sauce was in the Dixie cup. <laughs> And to this day, <laughs> that barbecue recipe, I'm the only one that has the recipe to <gasps> that barbecue sauce. And we sell it right now on Amazon. It's called X29. I am going to make sure that we put that <laughs> in the show notes for people. That barbecue sauce has actually won probably eight uh, barbecue sauce contests. It won. Um, we went to Memphis in May, like in 2015, I think. And it won first place in barbecue sauce. Oh, wow. That's so amazing. In Memphis. It's an amazing, amazing sauce. Yeah. You know, you just said something that I, I don't think, I think you only know this if you grow up in restaurants. My parents had restaurants when I was growing up, Ukrainian yeah. restaurants, not barbecue. Yeah. And we we're making progies. And I started working there when I was 12 okay. and I spent the summers there and I am an expert at boiling the pierogies, like adding them to the pot and knowing when to take them out and how to cool them. You know what I mean? Like that is what I did. I was part of like an assembly line and you only like, it's it's this weird, like you're talking about the barbecue sauce and I'm like, yeah, if you grow up in a restaurant. And you can do it with your eyes closed, you know? You can do oh it yeah. Them. Yeah. No, it's, it's yeah. But, but it's this like tiny little piece of the thing that they give to the younger kid, like younger people. Like, okay, you can handle this job, right. you know? And yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's very, very cool. And so you've been doing this your whole life and you went to culinary school. So mm-hmm. what did what did you learn? Maybe, you know what, let me back up before I ask this question. Tell us what open pit barbecue is and then I want to know something else. Yeah. Okay. So so what we what we were doing then was open pit barbecue. So which means there was a, a hole with a a with cinder blocks around it in a in a in a barbecue grate or a grate across those and, and cinder blocks on top of that to hold it in place. That's open pit. Mm-hmm. What we do now um, with Two Bones Barbecue, which again, that's where the name of my, my barbecue company comes from, is from my grandfather. His name was Two. And I just took Two Bones Barbecue and put it and made it the name of the, as a homage to him. Nice. So nice. Um, we do um, re- 
reverse flow smoking right now, which anybody could do at home. If you have a reverse flow pit or if you go buy something like a Smokey John's pit from Academy or or somewhere like that, we do what's called reverse flow. And we use stick burners, um, which is more or less a eight, 12 to 18 foot log that we put on. And we we get the, the smoker up to a temp of like 275 before we put our, our, our meat on. Mm-hmm. And that process can go, depending on if it's ribs, they'll go six hours. Brisket go anywhere from 14 to 18 hours. Pulled pork will go anywhere from 12 to 14 hours. I mean, and you just notice in your head that this is how long you're going to be spending cooking this meat. So you don't want to just cook one. You mm-hmm. cook like little five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, so, right. so that you have a lot of it. And the, the, the process is more or less about some people cook with temperature, which I'm, I'm accustomed to doing. But a lot of people from the old days, they cook by touch. And when they, they could touch the meat and tell you if it's done or not. And I, I know both ways. And I think that for the home cook or anybody listening, I think you should always start with the temperature because you want to have a great piece of meat, especially if it's for a barbecue at home and you've mm-hmm. invited people over. Mm-hmm. I always cook by your temperatures. And I've taught people, we have a class that we teach um, probably twice a year. We do one in April and one in October. And we have this little barbecue school. Uh, the last barbecue school we did was for the Facebook headquarters, which was amazing because we went to Facebook headquarters in Dallas and we cooked. We had a class for like 80 people wow. and we bought all of our pits out there to the Facebook headquarters. They all came out. We gave them these nice aprons, but they learned a lot of things about barbecue that you wouldn't normally know if you didn't attend a school or mm. be taught. So it was great. Uh, yeah, I like what you're saying about temperature first. I feel like, you know, I, I write recipes for a living. That's, that's essentially what I do. And mm-hmm. I feel like I I tell people, like, you want to, like, cook it until golden brown, approximately yeah. five to six minutes. And you're right. doing, like, the tem- or to this temperature, approximately this amount of time, or until it's, mm-hmm. like, and I feel like as you're learning to cook, you're learning to know when to test the temperature. Exactly. Or, or, like, mm-hmm. you're like, well, that, I think it's ready because the time it's two hours but it doesn't look right you know so you're learning right. all the the temperature and then the visual cues and the all the sensory cues and you put those together and mm-hmm. that's part of the cooking learning right 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 yeah. that is exactly what you do and i think um the culinary part of it which was very interesting to me when i fought when i first went to um culinary school it allowed me to let go of what i thought i knew and walk into the room like I didn't know anything. I know my, my grandfather will always tell me, you know, you always walk into a room like you don't know anything or anybody. Mm. And that actually helped me through even to this day through any room that I walk into. And um, most people want to be the smartest person in the room if they're that type of person. But sometimes you just want to be able to learn. And the only way to learn is just open your mind up to different things. I think in culinary, my background, uh, especially the first thing that we cooked in culinary school was like ratatouille. Mm. And that was our first dish and trying to make sure that everything in culinary school looks good because we all eat with our eyes first before we even taste it. And I learned that, you know, barbecue is an ugly meat. So you can't put barbecue with regular culinary cooking because it's going to have charcoal and char and but anything else is just going to have a nice little brown touch, a touch of golden brown. And mm-hmm. we made ratatouille and, and slicing up your vegetables a certain way and placing them in the pan to make sure that you have your, your stock right and your vegetables are in there the same uh, in the same content where you, you, you may have five carrots. You want to have five carrots down the line. You don't want to have four. But that taught me that it was all about perfection when it came to when it comes to food and a, and a chef and his food. Mm-hmm. You're looking for perfection. But at the same time, you want people to love your food. Right. And that's how you're judged. And it's the same way with anything else you cook. People will tell you straight up off the off the rip. This was really chewy and wasn't good to me. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the last thing you want to hear. But for if sure. it was tender, good, the most delicious thing I ever heard, and I'm, I can go to sleep at night. Yeah, for know. sure. So, what, what, how do you think? What do you think changed about the way that you do pit barbecue after you did culinary school? Did 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 something change? A lot changed. I think. Um, I think the preparedness, the the mise en place, the the making sure you got. You know, when you're doing barbecue, you just want to make sure you're getting your meat on the grill. You'll figure out the rest of it later. You, If you ain't got your ingredients, you can go in the house and get it and sprinkle it on later. Mm. No. Culinary school teaches you to put everything in place. And then when you get ready to to season your meat, you got everything right there. You don't have to leave that spot. It teaches you cleanliness. It, it teaches you the sharpness of your knives and why they need to be sharp instead of dull. It's so many little different fa- uh, facets of cooking that people don't realize is that, you know, you want to make sure that your onion, if it's not sliced perfectly or if it's not sliced right or on the right parallel, you may, not be, you may be squeezing out all the juices from it. You want to have everything right. If it's a piece of broccoli, you don't want to overcook it. And I had the opportunity to smoke some broccoli and I had to take my culinary training to cut the broccoli and make sure it was cut so that it would stay that color and keep the smoker at the same temperature so you wouldn't get the, the black stuff on the smoker, but you would get the flavor. So it's way, way different when you combine those two. And it's some of the best things you will ever have. I love that. I think it's fascinating to to have all that experience that you had and then yeah. like relearn yeah. cooking and then yeah. meld them together. That's super exciting. I'm So we're talking right now. Well, like I said, we're talking in August, but this is actually going to be going live in October and it's going to be going live a week before Canadian Thanksgiving. And oh, so, wow. yeah. And so uh, to me, I always think of that because I'm Canadian. I live in, in the States now, of course, but I, I it's the start of the holiday season for me. We have Canadian Thanksgiving, then we have Halloween, then we have yes. American Thanksgiving. And that, that's sort of where it starts. So it is still warm enough in all of the country for people to be out there in their mm-hmm. yards. There's no, probably no snow anywhere. Who knows? But there's probably no snow yet. <laughs> what sorts of things can people add to their Thanksgiving dinner or like a fall repertoire from like a pit barbecue or smoking kind of thing? What ideas do you have? I like, um, I like to move away from the traditional turkey. I like the turkey, but I want the parts of the turkey. I, I think the breast is the is the is the is the best part. But how about if we took turkey wings and turkey drumsticks and put some paprika, a little bit of garlic, a little mm. bit of uh, onion, and some salt and pepper, and just a little bit of chili, and we smoke them. Oh yeah. And instead of having a big turkey, you would have maybe six turkey wings and six drumsticks. And let everybody have their own individual. And you're going to smoke those anywhere from two, about three to four hours. Low smoke and allow those seasonings that I just mentioned to actually get into the meat. But prior to doing that, we're going to brine our turkey meat. So we'll brine our turkey meat in a little salt, brown sugar, and a little water with some some cracked pepper and some red pepper flakes for like 24 hours. And then we'll come back and put those seasons that I talked about on in the beginning, your paprika, your onion, your your garlic, and put it on the smoker and let it smoke and make your dressing or your stuffing. And you make, instead of just turkey, you got turkey parts that are going to be absolutely amazing because the brine is going to put the salt inside of the turkey Mm -hmm. and the seasonings on top with the last seasoning being smoke. Amazing. I really love that. And so it actually, I was at a Thanksgiving dinner, uh, I guess before the pandemic, but a friend of mine is a big sous vide cook. That's what he loves yeah. to do. And what you're saying kind of reminds me of that because he 
breaks down the turkey first and then cooks mm-hmm. the breast separately from the dark meat pieces because they need a different temperature, different time. Um, yeah. and, and so it sounds like you're sort of like you break it apart. And then if you want to have the breast, you can have the breast, but it's going to be good, juicy oh, breast meat. And then your dark meat's going to have all that crispy skin. It can go on longer. It can be smoked, like all of that. Right. Yes. Yes, yes, Christine, yes. <laughs> but and, and even to add to that, one of the things that um, I've, I've always said is, you know, around Thanksgiving time, we smoke so many turkeys. We, we sell smoked turkeys at Two Bones Barbecue. We did 180 turkeys last year. Wow. And um, the last thing I want to do is smoke a turkey for the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. so what I would do is just take the parts and take a great stuffing, a great dressing, and after they're cooked, put them together. And I tell you, when I, I'm telling you this from experience, mm-hmm. every year we get about four added people to our family every Thanksgiving because somebody bring. Last year was like 22 people here, and it was COVID. I mean, everybody, <laughs> was, you know. And I think this year it's going to be probably 28. I don't know how where they come from, but some of them I don't even know. But we're going to figure out who's getting these people to my house. <laughs> but um, amazing time, and and as as the country is opening up, I think this will be a great time to entertain your family with something other than uh, smoke than just a smoked turkey. Do yeah. smoked turkey parts and 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 make it a delicious fun thing to do it's a, it's such a, it's a great idea for so many it's actually also a great idea if you so you have a, a big crowd coming but yeah. i often have especially for canadian thanksgiving it's just like us because nobody else is celebrating that like <laughs> to do if i if i break down a turkey i can do the the drumsticks and the wings for us right. now right. and then have the breast in the freezer for like a different day right. like it's a great way to cook for a smaller group without having to just try and find the small turkey. Sometimes it's very hard to find those small turkeys. I love these ideas. Um, So I want to, so you have your catering in Mm -hmm. outside of Dallas. Yeah. We, we cater out of Frisco, two bones, barbecue, uh, two bones, barbecue and restaurant and catering. We do um, catering for anywhere between Dallas and Oklahoma. We'll go as far as about, 300 miles outside of Dallas. So wherever that puts us in that 300 miles radius, mm-hmm. we have a 24, 26 foot trailer that we we take with us. And we call that trailer Geraldine. That's my mom's name. <laughs> and uh, it's a rolling restaurant. It actually has a fryer. It has a flat grill, it has an oven, a stove, a sink and anything you would need to be prepared. This past weekend, um, coincidentally, we did a catering job for 2,500 people at the Fort Worth Gardens wow. um, on a Thursday night outside. And they had brisket and chicken and peach cobbler and, oh, my God, baked beans. They had red beans and rice. And that was a challenge because some of that food is temperature you know, regulated. So you mm-hmm. got to make sure. So um, they were looking for me. I was in the refrigerator truck getting cool with other food. Me and the food was hanging out <laughs> with the, you know, the cooling. And um, we had we had actually smoked brisket. We smoked about 50 briskets. And when I tell you the people that came, we thought it was going to probably be, you know, 2000. I mean, 2500 people that I could like, come. They had over 2800 people. That's and, and you we killed it <laughs> that's so great well yeah so anybody 300 miles around the dallas area if you yes. need a caterer michael is the guy for you come see us two bones <laughs> barbecue go see some of the pictures go google us on on uh, uh just google us two bones t-u-b-o-n-e-s bbq i promise you you will absolutely love the pictures and then you'll call me <laughs> 
Yeah, I will. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna. I want to tell people too. You have. You do a Facebook Live every Tuesday. Tell us what mm-hmm. is. What is your favorite? I'll link to it for everybody. What is your favorite Facebook Live recipe that you've cooked over there? My favorite Facebook Live recipe. We have over a hundred and something recipes. So, I'm, and I'm. I'm. I'm gonna boil this down. We do a uh, lobster um, bisque mm. with lobster tails and. Um, and uh, shrimp broiled rice, broiled rice. So we take the shrimp and we de- we devein them and, and take the shells off. And we take those shells and actually put them in some onions and a little garlic and uh, just a little bit of carrot. And we make a broth out of it. Mm. And once we make that broth, we take the rice and we broil the rice in that broth. And we take the lobster, split them in half. And we take half of that that lobster um, that that um, that stock and make a gravy out of it, and we take that and put it on top. And it's out there on Facebook. But that is my favorite recipe. I think um, my mom had about four bowls of the rice, and I asked her, "You want no lobster? No, this is good for me. The rice is what I want to have. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's uh, that good. It's that good. It's amazing." Okay, yeah. I am. I, I need to go watch that one now, and I will link to it for everybody. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for being on today. This has been fascinating and so much fun. Can you tell people uh, again, like where can they find you? Social media, online. Where's the best place to go if they have questions? All that. Okay, Facebook, just be Michael Prince. Just look up Michael Prince on uh, Instagram. Is Michael Prince thirty one? Um, I'm trying to get it changed to Chef, but Michael Prince thirty one. Um, Facebook, Two Bones Barbecue. T U. B-O-N-E-S, B-B-Q, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just go and check us out. I promise you, I promise you, if you hit me up and say, hey, I need this recipe, it'll be to you in 24 hours. Just call me, hit me up. (laughs) That's fantastic. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you, Christine. I'm telling you, it's all about those turkey pieces, right? Aren't you convinced now? I hope you loved my conversation with Chef Michael Prince. I will put all of his links and information in the show notes. And now it is time for our weekly meal plan. Every week on this show, I run through a five-day meal plan with you, explaining how the recipes work together, how you're kind of making one thing and using more of it on another day. And I try to use ingredients that are similar through the different recipes so that your grocery list stays shorter. But at the same time, there's a lot of variety between the meals. So to get this meal plan, the links to all of the recipes, you have to cookthestory.com slash meal plans. And this is meal plan number 105. Let's jump in. We are starting this week with an Italian quinoa and cauliflower bake. You actually make the quinoa first, then you mix it with cauliflower and cheese and tomato sauce, all these great things, and then that gets baked together. Make extra quinoa because we're going to use it later in the week. On day two of this meal plan, you are doing air fryer barbecue chicken. We are not pit masters here. We're doing it in the air fryer. But if you wanted to, you could totally use Michael's Two Bone Sauce. I am going to link to it in the show notes. It's available at Amazon, or you can use any of your favorite barbecue sauce. That's going to work too. You're going to have that with olive oil and mashed potatoes. If you feel like it, you can actually cook up extra cubed potatoes here, take them out, cool them down, and then you'll use them in a potato salad later in the week. But then you mash the hot ones that you kept hot, drain them, make those olive oil and mashed potatoes. The gives them this really creamy texture and this yellow color that makes you think there's so much butter in there. I don't know. They're so good. You're going to serve that chicken and those mashed potatoes with a creamy dill cucumber salad. 
Oh, you should definitely cook up some extra chicken when you do this. So when you're done with the air fryer, your fried barbecue chicken's done, maybe while you're doing the dishes, put some more chicken in there because you're going to use it later in the week and that'll save you time then. Okay, day three of this meal plan, you are doing a feta and roasted pepper sheet pan dinner. So good. You're going to serve that over some of the leftover quinoa and you're going to have some whole roasted broccoli with that. The broccoli is roasted whole on the head. Turns out really lovely. Then on day four of this meal plan, you're using that leftover air fryer barbecue chicken to make a leftover chicken pho. So it's like that Vietnamese pho noodle soup, but a very, very simple and quick version. Great for weeknight. I say go in and add some extra garnishes to your soup, some cucumber mash sticks and some green onions on top of the usual bamboo shoots and anything else that you like on your pho. And then we're wrapping up the week with some instant pot ribs. You can totally do these on a weeknight. They don't take that long in the Instant Pot, you can use more of that two-boned barbecue sauce or whatever barbecue sauce you like. This is where you're having that potato salad. If you had the leftover cooked potatoes from earlier in the week, cubed that you chilled, you can make the loaded potato salad with that. So the loaded potato salad is all the wonderful things that you love in a loaded baked potato, but in potato salad. So it's sour cream, green onion, bacon, cheddar cheese mixed with cooked potato. Super delicious. You're going to have that with some microwaved corn on the cob. I actually always microwave my corn on the cob. It is the easiest way to do it turns out perfect every time okay that is our meal plan for the week you can get that meal plan at cookthestory.com slash meal plans it is meal plan number 105 and that is our show for the week before i sign off i just want to remind you that comments on my website really really help other people find our recipes and other people know what you liked what worked what didn't work i hope most things work we do test our recipes really carefully so if you have made something from cook the story or the cookful i would love it if you would head over to that recipe on the website, scroll all the way down to below the recipe and leave a comment there. I'd love to hear what you think. And don't forget to make sure you click the five stars there. That is what shows up on Google search results so that other people know that you love the recipe and then they're more likely to click on over and give it a try. I really appreciate that. And I'm really happy that you're listening. Thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful week. You make me wanna